Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Boy, howdy, do we ever need critical thinking these days. Holy smokes, Pat. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oni, you know the drill by now. You can listen on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Mojo50.com, starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Mojo50 Radio. It's really, really that simple. You can listen. You can watch on our Rumble page starting at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. That's right. It's 1 p.m. Central Time. That's uh, noon. You know, the lunch hour where uh, where Mrs. Pat makes her wonderful sandwiches for Mr. Pat. Right? Right? Every day, Monday through Friday. Y- yes. Mm, y- yes. Why just, am I getting uh, a very merrick? Garland uh, feel from you there, Pat. Well, it, it might have something to do with the fact that um, if I were to tell my wife to make me a sandwich, mm-hmm. it usually comes back in some form or another of make your own damn sandwich. But she didn't answer your question. Which was what? Make me a sandwich? See, that's... See, that's your problem. You just say, can you make me or will you make me a sandwich? No, I say make me a sandwich and it comes back to make your own damn sandwich. Ah, Pat, Pat, Pat. See, if you ask nicely, then you get it. Oh, that's what you're saying. Okay. Right, right, right. Much like if you you know you treat parents with respect, you get respect in return as a school board, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Much as if you, I don't know, try to uh, don't try to cover up sexual assault. There's also that, yeah. Or you don't try to 
bull crap the American people, like our attorney general, did. Now, Pat, remember how the argument back in uh, Barack Obama's last um, last year, right? The argument that the left and Barack Obama and everybody else was making is that we have to put Merrick Garland in because, well, we're giving you a, a centrist. We're giving you a guy who's not political, right? Well, that was the argument that they made. Yes, that was the argument they made. Um, has that proven out to be true? Well, we're going to explore that in some other ideas because um, we're doing something different. We're going to talk about uncomfortable truths on Thursdays here on the show. Uncomfortable truths on Thursdays. And we're going to start with what happened yesterday in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Mike Lee, Ben Sass, um, who else? Tom Cotton calling on him to resign. And by him, I mean Merrick Garland. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Mike Lee or Ted Cruz here? Because we've got clips. And, and I want to talk about whether or not these things are true whether or not the claims of either side are true. And that's the point of uncomfortable truths is that, well, these guys are on our side, even though here on critical thinking, there's no side. There's just truth. There's just facts, faith, freedom, and free markets. And, and, and by the way, we're also going to preview something here uh, right now because tomorrow, normally we're going to talk about the best and worst of the week. And we might do that very quickly up front. But tomorrow, we've got some COVID stand numbers to talk about, Pat. Numbers that you need to understand. Oh, joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just numbers that I also didn't have time to put together for today because I spent most of yesterday still trying to recover. Although uh, the the dental procedure went much better than the first one. Um, so I was in no pain as of about midday yesterday. I was just really tired and, and I'm glad that you're feeling better as well. Thank you. And, and no, it's not the Rona. Jeez. Uh, people, would you just lay off of that? Jeez. Oh, come on. Everybody assumes the worst nowadays. Yeah. They, well, getting the Rona is not the worst. You could, you could that's get true. the HIV and that's still not the worst. Also true. <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you could take a pill or you could take like a shot and become asymptomatic. Kind of like, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Is it real quick, Pat? Is it yeah. or is it not ironic to you that um, as we get further and further into the vaccine um, knowledge base? It seems to act and look and feel much like getting the uh, the shots and the, the pills that happen for patients with HIV. You notice that? Not, 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 now that you mention it, it, it does look that way. Right? Mm-hmm. 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 Mm -hmm. Quite a bit like it. Mm -hmm. The only difference is, and here's the ironic part. 
the HIV medication that's out right now does a better job of making sure you're not spreading HIV than the vaccine does that you can't spread COVID. <laughs> oh, boy. I want you to think about that. You have a better chance of getting HIV and not spreading it than getting COVID and not spreading it while taking vaccinations on one hand and a, and a shot that will make you non-transmissible. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about that. My 10-year-old brain would be alone by that, that concept because I was 10 in 1991. And what happened in 1991? Wasn't that when all hell broke loose with HIV? Magic right Johnson. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Remember, you can get it on a toilet seat. Remember that? Remember the fear that was spreading about that? But anywho, my point of all of this is um, the irony in this is that there's one person at the center of both of these things. Both the HIV medications and the vaccine. Is is it by chance, I don't know, our Lord, President, Savior, Dr. Anthony Fauci? Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And on that note... For those of you who are not watching, which you can do again at rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Again, that's rumble.com backslash critical thinking. I am wearing my fancy Let's Go Brandon t-shirt today. Yes, you are. Which, by the uh, way, Pat, um, my wife will not let me out of the house with this shirt on. Are you kidding me? Why not? Because she's protective over my life. Well, I guess you do live in Chicago, and you actually might get shot in Chicago for wearing that shirt. You're right. That's that's fair. But that's a chance that I would love to take. Not really. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. Not in Chicago, you don't. No, but I, I, but seriously, if you have a problem with somebody wearing a T-shirt like that, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Now, having said all of this, um, you want to start with Mike Lee, Ted Cruz. Where do you want to go? I personally want to start with a little bit of the drier side. So I think I, I want to go Mike Lee. Let's go Mike Lee. Then. That's fine. Okay. Because here they are talking about Merrick Garland who did what Pat? Why, why is he in front of, of Congress last week and the Senate this week? Uh, could it possibly be because of the DOJ's involvement in local school board meetings and supposedly what they're claiming to be borderline acts of terror from parents towards school boards, specifically in Loudoun County. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on that note, let's, uh, let's hear from Mike Lee. Well, and one of the things that concerns me is, you know, we've got 17 attorneys general uh, uh, led by attorney general Todd Rakita in Nevada and joined by a total of 17 attorneys general, including Sean Reyes, the fantastic attorney general of the state of Utah. And they've weighed in and they've said, they, there, there is not a, a barrage of accusations. There's no, no unusual flood of accusations of threats of violence against school board members. Nothing unusual, nothing that they can't handle at the state and local level. And normally, uh, things like this uh, against state and local officials involving state and local government entities like school boards are not federal. Uh, now, 
in response to a series of questions before the House Judiciary Committee, uh, uh, including some questions asked by Congressman Jim, Jim Jordan from Ohio, you were asked your factual predicate for your October 4th memorandum and for your conclusions in this regard. You answered before that committee that your factual predicate for that was the October 22nd memorandum from the National School Board Association. The National School Board Association has has been mentioned, has since withdrawn that memo, and yet you said that was the factual predicate. Given that that was the factual predicate and that it's rescinded its memo, saying that there was no justification for some of the language that they used in that letter, will you rescind your memo? Senator, I, best of my recollection, I said that the impetus for the letter, um, for my memorandum was that letter and also, uh, reports, um, of, of this kind of activity. What reports? I said again that uh, at the time that they were news reports, um, that had, um, uh, been published. And I think that, uh, some of the other senators here have described some of those news reports. And we've certainly seen subsequently more news reports and more statements. All right. So what is being told there by Merrick Garland, Pat, is that he he did this memorandum because in this memorandum, and here's an uncomfortable truth, okay? An uncomfortable truth for the right. His memorandum doesn't deal with How shall I say this? It doesn't deal with your First Amendment right. It deals with sussing out whether or not actual threats of violence, physical violence, are coming down the pipeline. That's the truth of that matter. Read the memorandum. He is correct. When he also, in this hearing, talked about, in the memorandum, he explicitly says that everybody has a First Amendment right to express their political viewpoints or their unhappiness or anything else to a school board, right? So this is an uncomfortable truth for the right. He's not wrong that political violence... That a threat to a school board member to kill them, to harm them, to hunt down their families, to do whatever is wrong. But what I find to be the uncomfortable truth for the left in this statement and in this series of of back and forth, and probably the most respectful of the back and forth, by the way, not trying to score political points here, I think this is Mike Lee trying to get out into the ether the truth. But the uncomfortable truth for the left in all of this is that the federal government has no role in any of this. Now, Merrick Garland will try to cite statute, verse, and chapter in in such things. Like, you know, if you use the telephone or if you communicate via email— or whatever, right? Your online communication, your telephone communication, your in-person communication, if it's of a threatening nature, is a federal offense. While it is a felony, 
Does the federal government have to get involved here? And that is Mike Lee's point. And that's the uncomfortable truth in all of this for the left. That the federal government, what role does it actually have to play here? Are we talking about some coordinated intrastate or interstate effort to harass, intimidate, um, violently threaten from, I don't know, Joe Schmo parents? And by the way, as we've played all summer long, across the demographic spectrum, rich, poor, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter. What role does the federal government have here in the first place? That's the uncomfortable truth for the left here that they need to answer for. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And, and, and I guess my question here is, why is the federal government getting involved in this particular case? Is it, is it, and, and, and I want to bring this up. Is it because there is a major election going on within the state of Virginia right now? See, I don't, I don't think why? it's about, I don't think it's necessarily just about that election. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I think this is about, and here's the uncomfortable truth again for the left, is that they, they, and, and some people on the right too, a lot of people on the right live in this bubble, right? I don't want to look at the other side of the the news spectrum, right? Here's the uncomfortable truth of the two spectrums that that exist. One of them believes they speak for everybody else. When in reality, they represent about 8% of the populace. Now, for the right, they represent maybe a quarter of the populace. And everybody else seems to be somewhere in the middle. That's the reality when you do surveys. Okay. What this is about is that 8% feeling like they are suddenly losing the grip of power and control that they've had over academia. And thus, once you lose that control, you lose control over the rest of the situation. The uncomfortable truth for the left here is that they're being exposed at the very heart, the very base, the very roots of what they've been trying to do for 50, 60 years. We talked about this when we had um, your your, uh, professor friend, Jason, on the program, right? That the new left has been trying to do this for 60 years. Almost. Oh, 40. Yeah. Yeah. 60 years. And it's being exposed at an insanely high level right now. And for them, losing that grip, because they, they have populated school boards, they've populated teachers unions, they've populated academia at the highest levels, they've populated um, all the administration of academia, right? Yeah. And how to... Now that parents are beginning to to figure out that these people believe that they know better than you, that they believe it is their God-given 
right, that it is their birthright to teach your kids whatever and however they want. You are not the parent. And, and I know this attitude. I have spoken to teachers, and I'm sure you know teachers too, Pat, that have this attitude that I spend more time with your child than you do and I, uh, because I spend eight hours a day with them, right? And therefore, I yeah. know what's best for your child and you don't because they believe it is their job not just to teach them reading, writing, arithmetic, history, civics, but it is their right and it's their duty to teach them what's right and wrong. It's their job, not yours. Is it so they're losing their grip on power. That's the uncomfortable truth here. This is them reaching to maintain that power because they can feel it slip sliding away. Why? Because this has always been their crutch, their whatever, the roots of the, the tree that they've grown. And if you dig up the roots, if you plant a new tree, is it your right as a parent to dissolve a school board? Absolutely, it is. Yeah, I would. Is it, I would certainly is it hope your so. right as a taxpayer to whether you've got students in those schools or not? And by the way, here in Chicago, oh, oh, oh boy, oh, oh boy, our schools uh, seeing a population decline. Let's just say. Um. But my point in all of this is that parents are waking up. They are awake. They're not woke. They're awake. And it's from across a lot of political spectrums here. Because when you tell parents, we know better than you do, you are now in trouble. So for me, this is this is the uncomfortable truth in all of this, that this is power. This is what this is all about. And what greater power apparatus exists than the FBI, the Department of Justice? This is the same concept that we saw back in, what, 2010, 2011, with um, uh, what was her name? Um, the, the IRS, right? Lois Lerner. Lois Lerner. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept at play here. I'm going to use the levers of power that still exist to come down on you. I'm going to rain down holy hell. And that's in consultation with the White House, by the way, the National School Board Association, who now are walking this back and, and have disavowed the two people who wrote the memo. They threw those people quickly under the bus, by the way. They've disavowed the memo. But they stand by the the crux of the memo, by the way, Pat. Do you know that? They disavow calling them domestic terrorists in the Patriot Act. That's what they disavow. They don't disavow that the government should look into the, the threats of, of uh, violence and everything else. When we get back on the other side of the break on Mojo 5 Radio, uh, but when we get back, we're going to talk about, Pat, that concept 
that idea of violence. We're going to talk about that because Ted Cruz brought this up as well. So we're going to get into a real uncomfortable truth for the left here. Because for me, it's about them overplaying their hand. And and the uncomfortable truth for the left is that America's not with them. They don't live in the bubble that you live in. And that's why this show exists for the right and for libertarians, because it's important for you to not live in a bubble either. It is important for us to critically think through all of these things and come up with where we stand. Not based off of an ideological standpoint. It's important that principles do matter, right? Yes. It's important that you have principles to see the world through, but it's important to test those principles against the things that other people are saying. My whole point in all of this, Pat, is that this is the whole, this is the crux of the matter that the, the, the power that they are, that they have had for 60 years is now slip sliding away. And they are desperate to hold on to it because without it, their attempt at the Great Reset, their attempt at the fundamental transformation of this country, economically, socially, um, politically, would be over. And it starts right in your own backyard, like we've been talking about all along. You want to make those changes? Make them for yourself. And this is why our our upcoming book, our book that we are finishing writing right now, Pat, is about the liberty mindset. It's about setting things inside yourself so that the community can see you as a beacon. That's what this is all about, is that these people have affixed things in their lives that the rest of the people don't want. And when they're exposed for it, when they overplay their hand, they do this. Their instinct is to crush you. Their instinct is to use power, persuasion. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Fast Track student loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay 800-709-4395-800-709-4395-800-709-4395-800-709-4395 why have thousands of aspiring authors teamed up with christian faith publishing to publish their book because christian faith publishing is an author-friendly publisher who understands that your labor is more than just a book we provide authors freedom and flexibility throughout the publishing process professional book editing award-winning design and some of the highest royalty structures in the publishing industry and as always you will retain 100 of the rights to your book i was looking to find a company that i could trust one that assisted in the editing process completely the most important qualities that i was looking for was a publisher who was honest and upfront no hidden costs or fees and owning the rights to my own work christian faith publishing will publish market and sell your books in all major bookstores online booksellers as well as specialty christian bookstores call for your free author submission kit 
That's 800-978-4812. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Fighting for your right to be wrong. Mojo Five O. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. Okay, well then, Pat, I guess it's time for the B or not the B. That that, that happened quickly. Whoa, didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, that just like came like right on as we came right back from break. Alrighty then. Are you ready for today's headline for B or not the B where we attempt to win real Ron Phillips' money? I'm I'm about as ready as Mike Lee was ready to get excited during the Merrick Garland hearings. So not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today's headline. Woman who's good at driving wondering if she might be transgender. Woman who's good at driving wondering if she might be transgender. And while you are thinking about that, Pat, may I suggest that, um, I don't know, if you need a, a late pick-me-up, you, you, you take a cup. You Well, first, you, you open up a, a package of American Pride Roasters coffee. You, you pour it into your coffee maker. You make some coffee and you put it in a cup. Oh, is that how that works? And, and then you take a sip of it because it's historically great. Like the Burr Hamilton that I'm drinking right now or the Washington or the Reagan or Watson's white chocolate caramel blend or whatever your poison. But check out American Pride Roasters Coffee, the official coffee of Mojo Five O Radio. Go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Again, that's AmericanPrideRoasters.com. All right. Do you need the headline one more time? Yeah, because that was a weird one. Woman who's good at driving, wondering if she might be transgender. It's got to be the B. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that on this one, that, that's got to be the B. Why, Pat? Why do you think it's the B? That is a very B-like headline. Why do you think it's a B-like headline? Because. Because I don't see the not the bee doing something quite like that. They they might do something similar, but it would it would come across as more specific and true. So I gotta go with the bee on this one. Are you saying there are good women drivers out there? I plead the fifth. <laughs> because you are right this is from the B woman who's good at driving wondering if she might be transgender from American Fork Utah by the way <laughs> it's just down the street uh-huh. Kirsten Frisbee a local mom and recovering shiplap addict reportedly began wondering if she might be transgender after she drove around town to run errands without incident 
Suspicions may suspicions that she may actually be a man trapped in a woman's body began to well up inside her after she parked her minivan at Target without having to leave a note on the windshield of the vehicle next to her. Later, according to sources, she parallel parked perfectly the very first time without even scuffing her car wheels on the curb. Am I a misgendered, a misgendered man, wondered Mrs. Frisbee, as she changed lanes on the interstate without checking her blind spot the usual 17 times? Have I been living a lie, she tearfully asked herself after not leaving her turning signal on for seven miles. Her concerns were put to rest, however, when she arrived home and her husband patiently pointed out the uh, severed gas pump nozzle hanging from her gas tank. First of all... <laughs> Uh, first of all, um, I have to thank Mrs. Coppins for this one. Oh, she she sent this one to you. So, um, so as I'm like, I, I I can't lay on this side of my face after having that uh, procedure done, right? Uh huh. Right. Except for then, I've been laying on the other side the whole time, and that gets really uncomfortable, right? Right. So I'm trying to do like half and half, right? And I don't lay on my back well. And all of a sudden, um, my wife likes to read a little bit before she goes to sleep. Um, and all of a sudden, I just hear her laughing, like hysterically laughing. And she's like, Andy, are you awake? I'm like, yes, dear. And then she <laughs> sends me this headline. And she's just busted out laughing the whole time. That's right. My wife laughed at this. So if you think oh, I'm sexist, funny. misogynistic, or anything else, my wife, Mrs. Coppins, sent this to me. First of all, though, um, if you're going to be driving around gender questioning yourself, mm -hmm. I can tell you this much. I don't think American Fork is going to be the place that you do this in. Mm. Just, no, just considering. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. But real quick, Pat, um, since it is going to be Halloween this weekend, and I don't think we're going to have time to get to this tomorrow, um, uh -huh. the Babylon Bee has your 10 sexiest Halloween costume ideas for Christians. Are you ready? Uh, no, but okay. Go for it. Church secretary. <laughs> Throw in a, a gray wig, reading glasses, and caked on rouge, and your man will be begging you to make copies. Oh, boy. Number two, a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. That's how King Solomon famously described his love. Plus, horse costumes are on sale. <sighs> boy. Oh, my. Number three, modest nurse. Everyone else dresses as a sexy <laughs> nurse. Boring. As it says in the Ephesians somewhere, modest is hottest. <sighs> Number four, woman without a head covering. Hubba hubba. Number five, risque fundamental Baptist. <laughs> Number six, Proverbs 31 woman. This one requires getting some kids to walk behind you, calling you blessed as you make linen garments, but it's worth the effort. <laughs> Number seven, backup worship singer. Keep that mic turned off and your eyes permanently shut. As you sway back and forth with arms outstretched, everyone will realize you're real wife material. <laughs> Number eight, Ruth and Boaz, one of the sexiest couples in the Bible. <laughs> number seven or number nine, sexy Martin Luther. <laughs> it's 
It doesn't get sexier than a 15th century Augustinian monk nailing the thesis to the wall. (laughs) Wow. And number 10, Summa Theologica. Now, this may be a little too wild. The seminal work of St. Thomas Aquinas with its five proofs for the existence of God is sure to turn his knees to mush. (laughs) We might have to pull the fire alarm over here and get the sprinklers going. Cool everybody down a bit, huh? (laughs) I think my favorite one has to be (laughs) has to be uh, risque fundamental Baptist. (laughs) because <laughs> the description by the way says get the scissors out and cut that denim skirt to show some ankle just make sure to remind all the men in your life to bounce their eyes away from purity <laughs> wow ah. just wow <laughs> I figured you would uh, I figured we needed some laughter because oh my god is the rest of this ridiculous by the way okay mm. so we were talking about this idea of power and the violence and everything else right There's one thing that I think um, we have to realize here because we're just assuming everybody seems to just assume that we're going to stipulate that there's an increase in violence and that this is this is something that, you know, that we have to look into. Right. I want you to hear this in the exchange between uh, Ted Cruz and. Um, and Attorney General Merrick Garland, because everybody's going to talk about the first like minute or minute and a half of what took place, right? Everybody's going to talk about the takedown that Ted Cruz did. But here's the important part for me and the uncomfortable truth as to why we know this is all politics. Let me ask you something, General Garland. In the letter, which you told the House of Representatives was the basis for this abusive memo targeting parents, how many incidents are cited in that memo. I have to look back through the memo. I okay, can't you, count it. You don't know. How many of them were violent? Again, the, the general report. How many of them were violent? Do you know? I don't know. You don't know. And there's a reason you don't know. Because you didn't care and nobody in your office cared to find out. I did a quick count just sitting here. During this hearing, I counted 20 incidents cited. Of the 20, 15 on their face are nonviolent. They involve things like insults. They involve a Nazi salute. That's one of the examples. My God, a parent did a Nazi salute at a school board because he thought the, the, the policies were oppressive. General Garland is doing a Nazi salute at an elected official. Is that protected by the First Amendment? Yes, it is. Okay. 15 of the 20 on the face of it are not violent. They're not threats of violence. They're parents who are unhappy. Yet, miraculously, when you write a memo, the opening line of your memo In recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. You know what? You didn't look and nobody on your your staff looked. Did you even look up the 20 instances? As I testified, the decision to make uh, send the memo is for an assessment. Did you look up the 20 instances? I did not read. Did anyone on your staff look them up? I don't know the answer, but it's Uh, not. But of course you don't. In general, there's a reason. Look, you started your career... As a law clerk to Justice Brennan, you've had many law clerks during the year, during your time as a judge. I was a clerk to Chief Justice Rehnquist. I'll tell you what, 
If I drafted an opinion for the chief justice and walked in and it said there's a disturbing pattern of violence. Well, Ted, how do you know that? Well, I got an amicus brief here who claims it. You would fire a law clerk who did that. You're the attorney general of the United States. This was not a tweet you sent. This is a memo to the Federal Bureau of Investigations saying, go investigate parents as domestic terrorists. That is not what the memo says at all. It does is, not is it what the letter says? That is not what... Is it what the letter says? I don't care what the letter says. You what don't care. You said it was the basis of your memo. You testified under oath before the House of Representatives. The letter was the basis of your memo. Now you don't care about the letter? So here's the truth of the matter. Yes, in Merrick Garland's case, did he or did he not talk specifically in that memo about threats of violence and intimidation? Yeah. Yes. We've already stipulated that. Mm -hmm. Where did it come from? Where did this concept come from? Merrick Garland stipulates that it came from the school board memo, the National School Board Association memo, plus news reports. But yet 15 out of 20 were nonviolent. From that memo, by the way, from the National School Board. Okay. Um, what violence, Pat? What? What, what violence? I mean, what, there was, what, five cases that actually had real threats of violence, but, but, but there hasn't actually been a case of violence yet, right? Mm -hmm. At least to our knowledge. Okay. Why, again, is the federal government needing to get involved here? It doesn't. It flat out doesn't. As, as Mike Lee said, this is overreach at its finest. From the federal government, from the Biden administration. Now, furthermore here, and I know that they have limited time, right? And they're trying to get their sound bites and they're trying to get this out, right? Right. There's something that that the uh, um, the great senator from the state of the great state of Texas missed. Which was? Even if we wanted to stipulate that there have been reports of violence, did they investigate those reports of violence to see if they were true or not? No, no. they didn't. They no, did they not. Didn't. Mm -mm. And why would that be important, Pat? Why would it be important for them to investigate those reports? Well, you know, you got to find out the truth somehow. Rather than just take someone's word for it, you got to actually, you know, have evidence, not mm -hmm. just anecdotal evidence. Mm -hmm. So that way, you know, if you actually are going to do something about it, you've got the justification to do it. It's important for two reasons. Yes, the, that is the crux of the reason, right? You're getting there. You're almost right. there. You're missing one key component of this. Oh, do tell. How many times have the media made up stories out of whole cloth? Many. Many times. Hmm. How many um, 
racial hate crime hoaxes have there been? In fact, I'll save you some time. Every single time, there has never been a single incident of a racial hate crime on campus, uh, school board, you know, all those things. Not once has it ever been investigated and proven to be true. Not once. In fact, nine times out of ten, it's the person who actually brought forth that proposal, that accusation, that did it to themselves. Furthermore, if you're going to put a memo out directing the FBI to investigate and to use finite resources, because there's, what, 14, 13,000 FBI agents in the United States of America? There's something like that. Over, I don't, I actually don't know. What, 900,000 police officers in this country? Sure. Which one of those has more resources to potentially investigate something like this? Uh, your local police. Okay. Even your state police, I, I would go to first before going to the FBI. Um, but, but, but here's the thing, like, like, what, what do you, tech, let's, let's, go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, Ted Cruz calls him out on this crap, right? And he fundamentally says that he does not care what he said in that letter. No, no, no. So he fundamentally is talking about the NSBA letter that he doesn't oh, okay. care about that. He doesn't care what that letter says. He only cares about what his letter says, but the Why? predicate for his letter is that NSBA letter and other reports, which he can't cite. Which, so then he should care about it, is my point. Yes. The uncomfortable truth is that our media is 100% capable of making things up out of whole cloth to support a political agenda. How do we know it? Look at the... Look at what's going on with January 6th and the riots, right? Let's use a federal government situation. The FBI is refusing to give documents to the Republicans, not that the Republicans that are on this committee investigating January 6th, because there's only two of them. I know, by the way, they're not ranking members of the committee either, by the way. They're Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney for crying out loud. So the FBI is refusing to give them documents that prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the FBI spurred on was, how shall we say this, egging all of this on. And there's, there are, credible reports right now that it was an FBI agent who began the storming of the gates and the barriers to the Capitol building. It was an FBI agent who started it all. Now, why does this matter? This matters because we know that the media is willing to lie 
And apparently, we also know the federal government is willing to lie. I mean, we know this from from the Russia collusion hoax, right? We know this time and time again. So we're going to use the federal government's powers to do what? To do what specifically? What are you going to do? Arrest these nonviolent people? No. Your goal is to chill their ability to speak out of fear of investigation, out of fear of the power of the FBI, because here's what's going to happen. They're going to investigate every single last second of that person's life. They're going to find something and they're going to nail them to the wall with it. That is the point of chilling your speech. Now, we're not done, by the way. We're not done. Of course we're not. Your son-in-law makes a very substantial sum of money from a company involved in the teaching of critical race theory. Did you seek and receive a decision from an ethics advisor at the Department of Justice before you carried out an action that would have a predictable financial benefit to your son-in-law? This memorandum is aimed at violence and threats. I just asked a question. Did you seek an ethics opinion? Did you seek an ethics opinion? It has no predictable. Did you seek an ethics opinion? Judge, you know how to ask questions and answer them. Did you seek an ethics opinion? You asked me whether I sought an ethics opinion about something that would have a predictable effect on something. This has no predictable effect in the way that you're talking about. So if critical race theory is taught in more schools, does your son-in-law make more money? This memo has nothing. If critical race theory is taught in more schools, does your son-in-law make more money? Yes or no? This memorandum has nothing to do with critical race theory Will you answer or if you any sought an other ethics kind opinion? of curriculum. Will you that, answer if you sought an ethics opinion? I am opinion? answering the best I can. Yes or no? Did you seek an ethics opinion? This memorandum has Did nothing... Did you seek an ethics opinion? This memorandum has nothing to do with... General, are you refusing theory. to answer if you sought an ethics opinion? I'm telling you that there's no possible... Co- so you're saying no. Just answer it directly. You know how to answer a question directly. I'm, Did you seek an ethics opinion. I'm telling you that if I thought there was any reason to believe there was a conflict of interest, I would do that. But I cannot. Why do you refuse to answer the question? Why won't you just say no? I'm sorry. You're not going to answer the question? I'm sorry. Say, ask the question again. Did you seek an ethics opinion? I'm saying again, I would seek an ethics opinion. In so no is the answer, correct? What? There was a conflict. Senator, your time is up. That the record. Wow. Just, just. Wow. Okay. He, like, you can visually see on the frustration on Merrick Garland's face as Ted Cruz is pushing him on that. And he refuses to answer the question. And the uncomfortable truth here for me is that this is something worth investigating. The uncomfortable truth here is I hate conspiracy theories, but, but, <clears throat> the chilling of this kind of speech is devised to do what? Stop the debate on critical race theory being taught in schools. That is the number one complaint of the NSPA, right? That we're being harassed and intimidated and blah, 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 blah over critical race theory, over mask mandates, whatever, right? A key component of that is what? Critical race theory t- teachings. But wait, 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 we're, we're nobody, shh, no, that's not being taught in Virginia, right? Now, what are they talking about with his son-in-law? They are talking about his, uh, his son-in-law owning, is it Panorama? 
right? I think it's Panorama or Panoramic, um, whatever. It is a company that literally was formed to teach social emotional learning. Part of which is critical race theory. They literally write the handbooks. They literally write the workbooks, all of the school-based material on critical race theory. But critical race theory doesn't exist. I want you to think about that for a second. Why would that be important? Well, if his son-in-law is making money off of critical race theory and you're now trying to chill the speech of people who are opposed to critical race theory, doesn't that matter? And you see him trying to couch this. This is about threats of violence. This isn't about that. Well, why would people be threatening violence? What, what, what issue could be at the crux of that? Critical race theory. Now, let me be clear. Any threat of violence to somebody because of an opposition to a political agenda or a social agenda Mm -hmm. is wrong, period, point blank. Having said that, though, Pat, chilling my ability to oppose said agendas is also wrong. And the other part of this is if I thought, see again, Mary Garland is the know-all, end-all, be-all of all of this. If I know. Now, I want you to hear another part of this from Mike Lee. Um, if you were unfamiliar with the supposed instances of threats of violence and intimidation that the National School Board Association cited in the letter, then how did you determine that intervention by the FBI and the DOJ was necessary, that that was the right approach? So the right approach in the letter is to meet with local law enforcement. That's what we've asked for, is to meet, to assess the situation, to see what their needs are, to strategize, uh, and to open lines of communication. Now, I'm hopeful that many areas of local law enforcement will be well able to handle this on their own. But this is what the Justice Department does every day. We consult with our local um, and state partners and see whether assistance is necessary. And of course, we we continue to have our own federal responsibilities with respect to uh, uh, communications by the Internet, uh, on social media, um, on telephone, uh, uh, through the the mail. But I'm hopeful that we will... Pat, this is really important. Really important. This is the uncomfortable truth of that statement. It's the second part of that. It is, we want to open dialogue. No, they don't. They don't want to open dialogue. They want access so that they can harangue and harass people for their speech online. And they will use your speech online to nail your ass to the wall. So here is the point. At the end of all of this, the uncomfortable truth is that they are coming for you if they don't like your speech. If they feel as though their power, their ability to influence and inculcate, to indoctrinate your child 
your child. They believe it's their child. It's your child. Take that power back. Get your kids the hell out of these systems. Make a sacrifice. Maybe that somebody has to stay home to teach the, the, the children to homeschool, to find co-ops that you can homeschool at. Maybe it's the sacrifice of we don't make an extra mortgage payment this year. We, we Instead of paying more, we just pay the bare minimum. Whatever it is, do something to affect your child's life in a positive way because all of this is negative. All of it is bad. None of it is good. Get out of the system. It is the only way. It is the only way that you can affect change without the FBI getting involved. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And uh, try to stay out of trouble like Merrick Garland. And go, Pat, go. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-0. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.